live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. What's up, East Lansing? You're listening to WDBM, and this is East Lansing. But I am actually not Fino. I am the guest host for this week's show of The Pact. My name is Faith, alongside my great panelist here. Harry, what's up? Turn up. What's up? What's up, East Lansing? (laughs) Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you got to celebrate, do so responsibly and have a great time this week. Completely feel that right now, Harry. Now, we got a great show for you guys coming up today. And I know we talk a lot of sports here on The Pact. Obviously, this is one of our main impact sports talk shows, but we got a lot of great stuff. We're going to switch it up a little bit, I am going to say, and we want to focus on the spirit of Christmas because I think there's something there to be said that it's the season of giving. A lot of people give back to the community, and that's one thing that Harry and I noticed that a lot of MSU athletes and in the community do give back, and it's an incredible feeling to those especially in need. And we've got a great lineup for you guys. We've got Jib Pignatero, the Director of Student Athlete Support Services. So he deals with a lot of the athletics and what they do, and they go out and help the community. We also have Tom, Coach Tom Anastas. He's the MSU men's hockey coach coming on. And he's going to talk a little bit about all of their philanthropy events that the hockey team does, and they've done a lot recently in the community in this last season. We've got Steve Smith, and everybody knows Steve Smith, the legendary basketball player. He's going to come and talk a little bit about the Claire Bell Smith Center and his amazing donation to MSU that's impacted so many athletes' lives, not only athletically, but academically. And lastly, last but not least, TJ Duckett. Love TJ. So thankful that he's coming on. He's going to talk about his success with the New World Flood, one of his main organizations that goes out and helps young kids in schools learn about how to give back, you know, not only to their cities and towns and their school, but their whole world. So that's on the grand scheme of things. Looking forward to it. But I know, Harry, about to jump in, right into it, right? Yep, yep. And <laughs> we, we talked about it last week with Andre Drummond giving back to the Sandy Hook victims. And this is just kind of an extension on that. Local athletes giving back to the communities, whether it's here, whether it's abroad. It's just something they can do to use their platform for something greater than just sports, just to beat the person across the net or the other side of the court wearing the different jersey. Because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we are all in this together. Absolutely. I totally understand that. And you know, not only are there athletes here at Michigan State that do that, but there's all these famous MSU athletes, like we said, we're bringing on Steve Smith, we're bringing on TJ Duckett, all these people that are giving back to the community in very big ways. Exactly. And being a student athlete and just an athlete we in general. We need to talk about it because yeah. you're, you're a tennis player. Yeah, exactly. State. No, there's a huge negative perception where it's kind of like the athletes don't care about the community. They're just here to play their sports. They kind of stick to their own. You see a lot on Instagram with professional athletes with their big whips and their gold <laughs> chains and all that stuff. But... You're not somebody who likes that, right? No, 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 (laughs) not at all. There are athletes that do give back, and Steve Smith and TJ Duckett are great examples of that. Kirk Cousins, Drew Stanton, all these guys do that stuff, and that's great for the University of Michigan State University. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, no, it's great for Michigan State University. It gives us a good name, and it just shows that you can use that platform. You can do that. You don't have to waste your money on things that you don't necessarily need. When there are people out there starving, there are people out there without clothes on their back, stuff like that. So that's great to see that these guys could spend their money on other things, but they don't. They choose to give to other people. I mean, specifically to talk about 
you know, during this time of the year when the nation has seen an outpouring of love and kindness, you know, and a lot of society right now, it's me, 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 you mm-hmm. know, like, what can I do for myself? Like you were saying, you know, like some athletes, me, 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 it's about me. And then you see some who just give back, like, constantly. And it's just refreshing to see, like, the secret Santas or, you know, somebody paying for your coffee. And, you know, you come up and you find out that your coffee's paid for. It's like, you know, paying it forward, giving back. And I just think it's awesome. The concept is not new, but more and more people are embracing it nowadays. And I think that's really cool. It's just awesome. You know, the feeling you get when you do give. Nothing is asked for in return. It's just something you want to do. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's becoming bigger and bigger as we see more of the injustices that are occurring. Like a lot of stuff we see online about whether it's a YouTube video that a friend shares or something like that, we're more aware of the stuff that's going around around us. Like I live in East Lansing and I, it's a phenomenal community in East Lansing and we don't see relatively we don't see as much hardship as people who grow up in tough areas in Detroit and Flint Mm -hmm. in Lansing which is about a 10 minute drive away and we don't see that much so definitely technology and definitely Facebook and Twitter I know they have a lot of (laughs) not negative impacts on 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 society people think but that's one positive thing that they do bring they can raise awareness and you can get a message across you can spread your message and I know we were talking about other athletes you know not only the ones who are coming on you know the other coaches and athletes but we were talking about you know other people who aren't going to be on the show obviously like mm-hmm. Mateen Cleves I mean let's point him out for f- a few seconds Cleves just donated 1,000 1,000 of these holiday gift packages to these families that couldn't afford anything for Christmas and that was just you know yeah. on December 16th of this year yeah how incredible to see that in, in the news that he's giving back to all these families that don't mm-hmm. have the money to do so to like get you know gifts for their family yeah exactly and what i find great about that is when these guys like mateen cleese steve smith and tj duckett they do these charity events it's not a photo op for them they're not drawing Absolutely media not. coverage just to make themselves look good they're literally drawing media coverage to either draw awareness to the topic or to get more donations for their for their particular cause and that's what's great a lot of people i feel like maybe go to somewhere where they're supposed to be quote unquote helping out they take yeah. a couple of photos and they head out and just let everybody else do the work and i don't think that that's right. And I've been there two events where TJ Duckett has been present and he has stayed there the whole time longer before people come, after people leave to help pick up after the event. Stuff like that just is awesome to see. It's so awesome to see. And it's incredible. I think just to see that. But hey, we do have a caller coming in. We actually have Coach Tom Anastas. And again, if you guys don't know him, he's that men's Michigan State hockey coach. And he actually played for Michigan State back in the 1981 to 1985 under coach Ron Mason and still holds the MSU record for shorthanded goals in a season. How awesome. And he's been coaching since March 23rd of 2011. So let's bring him in. Hi coach. You're on the pact. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Good. We're so happy to have you. It's faith here talking with you and I can't wait to speak with you a little bit about all your philanthropic efforts you have in the community. Well, it's great to be with you guys. (laughs) So, Coach, I mean, just we're talking about the spirit of, you know, the Christmas season, uh, a holiday giving back. And I know recently your team has done a lot of things. And just from putting it out there, your uh, MSU team left brown paper bags on the porches of East Lansing for residents to fill with canned food. You know, the residents put them back on their porches, you know, filled on Thursday night. And then the athletes came by, picked them up and donated to the MSU local food bank drive. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, the, the, the players on our team have really, really been active over the years, and this precedes me by many years. 
but for whatever reason, uh, there, there were a couple players over the years that really took on a leadership role and wanted to give back to the community and, and uh, you know, take their position on campus and, and, and try to make a difference. And so, uh, you know, you talk about the food drive and, and some other things that they've been involved with, but they take a great deal of pride of, of being active both on campus and within the community. Yep. And coach, so you're saying that it's usually the players that come to you and hope to organize these things. It's not you guys forcing the players to do it. Yes. Uh, actually, when I took the job, I met with every single player as a, you know, as, as an introduction. And, uh, uh, it was interesting to see the number of players who actually approached me to say, Hey, I'm very active. Uh, it's important to me to be involved in the community. Are you okay with that? And uh, uh, we're absolutely okay with that. And and I also got feedback on campus that um, oftentimes when uh, our athletic department is looking for student athletes to kind of jump in and take a lead and be involved in something, the hockey players always seem to be uh, right out front and center to, and willing to do that. So uh, very much so. If if there are things that um, you know we bring to the table. They're very open-minded to it. One example is we adopted a, uh, a young boy, um, and uh, his name is Ian Anderson, and he was diagnosed with what they thought at the time was terminal brain cancer, and wow. we uh, adopted him, and he's had an incredible story and an incredible recovery, and he's living a perfectly normal life right now, and he's part of our team. And that's you know one of the things we brought to the guys, but they very much embraced you know, trying to make a difference in his life and probably turned around and he's making more of a difference than us. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. Definitely, definitely. And how do you guys, because you guys are in season right now, and during season you guys have the chuck-a-puck and the teddy bear toss and stuff like that during your games. How do you find time to have these charitable events during games in season without it becoming a distraction? Well, I think some of the things that the guys do off campus, they kind of pick their spots when uh, the schedule permits, and certainly around the holidays for sure, and even other times of year when, when they can pick a, a good spot to get involved. And then the athletics department does a real good job of kind of forecasting ahead when we can do certain things. And so, you know, we've done, as you mentioned, the chuck a puck is something that happens from time to time. Uh, the teddy bear toss happened in our last most recent home game, and and earlier in the year, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, I had a suite that uh, was available to me, and we made that available to a, to a number of uh, breast cancer survivors, and they got the opportunity uh, on us to enjoy an evening of Spartan hockey. So uh, any way we can connect with the community and, and hopefully make a small difference, uh, we, we try to do so. Yeah, that's awesome. And coach, I know you touched on it a little bit about the teddy bear toss, and I was actually there for that game. And I think seeing that whole ice filled with all of these brand new teddy bears that you end up donating to children's charities for the Greater Lansing area—that you know—that includes like the Sparrow Pediatrics Unit that deals with some of these cancer patients. I mean, just seeing that, do these do your players end up going to give these teddy bears, or does somebody else do that, or? Yeah, no. There's there's a number of uh, a number of guys depending on the timing and their availability of it that actually go out and and deliver them and, and meet with the children and and they really enjoy doing it. So uh, that's one of the neat things about uh, the, the group of guys that we have is they really embrace it. They really like to be involved in those sorts of things. 
uh, and they're involved in a variety of them. And some take more interest in certain things than others. But uh, uh, as a coaching staff, we get a lot of real positive feedback from their involvement, and we're real proud of that. That's awesome to hear that you're getting that positive feedback, not only from people on campus, but people in the community that do recognize how much a difference you're making in other people's lives. I mean, it only takes, you know, five minutes, a half hour of your time or, you know, a little gift here and there, and you can see the positive difference it's making. It's pretty awesome to see that. So, You know, it really is, and to be very honest with you, I, I would say it kind of comes around full circle. You're, <laughs> you're trying to reach out and, and make a difference, uh, even in a small way to others, and yet in, in so many ways, I know participating in a boys and girls club thing one time, you know, that uh, it, for me, walking away, it, it probably had a greater impact on me than what what I did for them. So I think oftentimes uh, that's that's how people feel about it when they try to reach out and, and you just hope it makes a little bit of a difference. Of course. And, we, you know, of course, we've touched on a little bit of all of the events and that you've sponsored as the Michigan State hockey team. But what is one of your favorite events that you always look forward to annually? Oh God! <laughs> it's hard. The, yeah, it, it is. It is hard because <laughs> uh, uh, guys are involved in, in a number of different things. And I guess you know I've I've really been inspired by the uh, the little boy that we got involved with with the uh, Friends of Jacqueline Foundation, and uh, the, the time we give to him and 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 to see him knowing the circumstances were so dire for both him and his family, and to see his vibrance and his energy, it's inspiring. And, uh, you know, many of us oftentimes, we just kind of go 100 miles an hour every day and take life for granted <laughs> and forget to appreciate the little things. And every time I see this little boy, you know, it's, it's really a wake-up call to recognize how uh, life's so precious. And, uh, you know, to see his smile makes a big difference for all of us. Love it. Love hearing that. Yeah, and Coach, we talked about the Chuck-a-Puck, the Teddy Bear Toss. These are some, not only do they have great names, but these are some very creative events rather than just donate to our cause. You guys <laughs> kind of go get creative with it. Who comes up with these ideas? Is it the whole team together, or is there one guy on the team that's kind of creative with those things? Or What's up with you know, that? Th- those, things, those things existed before I, I came here, so oh, I, really? I'm not really sure. And, and you know, there's, there's one other that uh, I think a number of guys, again, this preceded me. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, it was a it was a cancer initiative to, to raise funds and awareness uh, uh, several years ago. Uh, some of the players, I think it was Drew Miller and, and maybe even Ryan Miller and, and mm-hmm. some others that were Great. involved in Skate for a Cure. And uh, there was a little girl uh, in particular who who was uh, you know had a, had a struggle going with cancer, and and uh, you know that's something that the guys took great pride in as well. So. All of these things have been really initiated uh, by the players, and you know there isn't, hasn't been one, you know, one single thing that we said, hey, this is what we're going to put our arms around. Mm-hmm. We've tried to support uh, our players on, on those things that they've been involved in, and it's really their passion that has uh, stimulated the activity. Yep, yep. And to talk about preceding you, let's talk about when you played from 1981 and 85. How does the Philanthropic efforts <laughs> of today. Yeah, I pronounced that <laughs> word. The efforts of today's athletes compared to back then. Have they gotten better? Are they worse? Are the kids these days they're addicted to their Twitter? They're not. They're not giving back. Is it like <laughs> that? Or are they doing a good job? What do you think about that? 
Oh, I, I think the, I think the kids are way more active today <laughs> than I remember when when we were involved back then. There's a lot more profile to it now as well, and there's more organizational support mm-hmm. ar- around it uh, today than it was back then. But um, yeah, I remember we used to do some things more often times when we were asked to participate, maybe visit kids <laughs> in school or visit kids in hospitals. Yeah. Uh, but today, so much of it is led by the players themselves, which I think we can all take pride in. Mm-hmm. Coach, is there anything up on the uprising, something that you guys are planning, anything that we can know about? Uh, I don't I don't think there's anything new to share other than the things that, uh, you know, we've been participating in with regularity. In fact, uh, I remember when I took the job, um, I, I got some suggestion that the players are so active that we want to be careful not to pile too much on to them between their uh, athletics and their school commitment because they're always saying yes. So, you know, as as we sit right now, we're, we're quite uh, happy with, with all the things the players are involved in. And, you know, if there's a, a special need or a cause, I'm sure that you know, our team and our players will step up and, and serve in that role. But there's nothing that I can tell you right now any differently than what's been going on that we're, we're looking toward. Us here at Impact Sports, Coach, thank you so, so much for giving us a call and giving us a glimpse at what the Michigan State hockey team does and about that little, you know, how amazing to hear that you're, you know, you adopted somebody onto your team just to help them. And it's incredible to hear. So we're just so thankful for your time. Well, thanks for having me. And I hope uh, you guys have a very happy holiday. Thank you so thank much. You so thank much. you so much. All right. Well, what a great interview with Coach Anastas. It was so great to hear what the MSU hockey team is doing here on campus currently in their past, you know, this past season as of right now. But we're going to take a quick break right here. After the break, we got Steve Smith and TJ Duckett calling in. So if you want to call in and ask them some questions, feel free. The phone number is 432-3893. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three. Thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you, because I <coughs> thought maybe we could... Uh, would you ever want to... Um, I was wondering if you, if I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No. Don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Studies show that three-quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89 FM. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. 
And we're back on Impact Sports, and you're listening to The Pact. It's about 721 here in East Lansing. Remember, the phone number you can call in and share your Christmas spirit with Harry and I today is 432-3893. But yeah, but we've got Steve Smith calling in a little bit later today here in the show. It's going to be great to talk with him. I mean, what a phenomenal athlete at Michigan State. He was a basketball athlete for MSU back in 1987 to 1991 goes to the 1991 NBA draft. Fifth overall draft goes to the Miami Heat, plays for a several different teams in the NBA. So excited to speak with him because what he has done for the Clarabelle Smith Center. Yep, yep. And being an athlete, I have been in the Clarabelle Smith Center. My uh, my athletic advisor is going to kill me because I did miss a lot of tutors. I'm not going to lie. I was a freshman. But no, it's, it's <laughs> You're being a, honest. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great facility and the resources where if a, if a, if a roommate's being loud in the dorms, you can go there to study. It's like a, it's like a library within the campus that's not as far away as the library and it's it's great to have computers to have tutors to have all the people there just ready to support you and just to study to get away from the athletics that you spend so much time on it's otherworldly that's the word I'd use to describe (laughs) it it's otherworldly and I think what's really cool about the Clarabelle Smith Center is you know, Steve Smith donated a lot of money, $2.5 million to Michigan State, you know, to create the Clarabelle Smith Center in honor of his mother, in honor of, you know, his alma mater, in honor of his high school and his upbringing. And I think that's incredible. And it's not only, again, like we said, athletically, but to inspire them academically. Yeah. And I think it's super duper dope that he don't really he donated <laughs> and he didn't put his name on the facility because it's so easy to be the kind of egotistical person and be like, I want my name on it. He paid homage to the person that got him to the place he is today. And he gave his mom's name to the to the facility. And I think that's so cool that he did that rather than put his own name on that. That speaks volumes as to what type of person he is and how grateful he is for all the people that have contributed into his life. Oh my gosh, honestly. I mean, just looking at what he's done, I know he also does contribute to many, many other events and charities, but I know the Clarabelle Smith Center has something has been something that has definitely impacted Michigan State University in particular. And just seeing his success, you know, moving on from the athletics, going on to the professional field, but giving back and I think he's one of the biggest athletes from Michigan State mm-hmm. that has given back to his alma mater. Yep. He was a two-time All-American. He won a gold medal in 2000 in the Olympics, which is awesome. <laughs> he won an NBA championship in 2003. I mean, the guy's seen it all. And for him to tell kids to focus on athletics, when he's the one who made it out of a tough area in Detroit, he went to Detroit Pershing, same school that Keith Appling went through, <laughs> the Doughboys, as I mentioned <laughs> on an earlier show, a best mascot in all of Michigan. But for him to be the one who made it and still say, kids, like, you might not make it. I was one of the lucky ones who made it, but the odds are is that you're not going to make it. you got to focus on other things other than sports because they aren't going to be forever. You might get a scholarship, but you, most likely you're not going to go pro in your sport and make a living off of it. So be prepared. Have that backup plan in case you don't make it. I mean, absolutely. And what we were talking about last week, I don't know if our listeners keep up to date with the pact, but last week, Dar- Denard's mom called in, mm-hmm. Lisa Curry. She's amazing, amazing woman, and I know... Here you had asked her a question about just, you know, what what is, you know, you know he might move on to be a professional football player. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? And she was just saying how it is important that he gets his degree first. And exactly like you were saying, focus on school first. And if the success in athletics follows, amazing. Yep. But it's important just to get those academics down and 
Yep. In Dark as an Arch, she's referring to the yeah. <laughs> All-American, best uh, defensive back in the nation, and he is actually going to be drafted in the spring, and he is not going to be – he sh- could – choose to not get his degree and not take classes in the spring but he's actually going to be taking online classes to finish his degree in communications which is also awesome to see an athlete who he I mean he was here for three and a half years he's got a semester left of school why not finish it why not get that degree in case he I mean he's probably going to be a top three round draft pick so he might make a living in the NFL. You never know. Injuries are a big thing in the NFL, but for him to get that backup plan is cool to see. And to show that you can be a great athlete and a great student, it's not either or. You can have both. No, absolutely. And I think what's really cool is you talk about Pershing a little bit, his high school, and obviously a little rough area. I know my grandma actually went there. <laughs> and thinking about my grandma going there, just I, <laughs> she doesn't really fit in there, I guess I should say. But just seeing like he – Coming from there, just being so successful at Michigan State and then willing to give back to his upbringing of how, you know, of all this athletics and everything that has taught him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really awesome. I mean, he does give a scholarship to Pershing High School seniors, you know, that focuses on, you know, the aspects of leadership, of academics and scholarship, and also the aspect of giving back. Yep. And growing up in East Lansing, if I ever go back to East Lansing High School just to stop by, I cannot like imagine how grateful I am. I'm gonna be to have grown up in such a diverse area, to in such a great place because we are blessed. Things could be worse. There are there are places in the world, not even in Michigan, in the world that they don't have food every day. They don't have clean water, and that's one thing that we do take for granted. It's so tough not to take for granted because they become just givens in our everyday life, but they are not a given for everybody in this world. Absolutely. I know, again, we were talking about other athletes, like Bateen Cleves and, oh gosh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, mm-hmm. who just recently, you know, just left Michigan State mm-hmm. recently. And yet, read an article on him just the other day. I know he's like being successful with the Washington Redskins <laughs> right now. But um, just last July, he was in Holland running a youth football camp. And I know one of the jokes that they were, you know, he was playing with the kids was like, what should be my new touchdown dance? And it was kind of cool just to see he was just, Focusing on having, like, letting them have fun, but he also was donating his time to these young kids who are just trying to have fun. Yep. And what's great about a guy like Kirk Cousins is he is so down to earth because he wasn't the highly touted high school recruit that everybody connotates with the NFL quarterback. He was a three-star recruit. He didn't have all the media attention probably till about his junior or senior year at MSU. So he isn't. He doesn't pretend to be bigger than any of us he knows that he is just a human being with an extraordinary talent at football which is great but he knows that we are all equal and he has just as much as a responsibility as everybody else to help each other out help others out he's not greater than anybody else and i think that's something to look forward to i mean and harry i do want to ask you since you're being an athlete what is what has the tennis team done here at michigan state like any, anything to give back or just philanthropic wise we Obviously, we could be doing a little bit more. I, I mean, say we that. always could we be do, doing a little bit more. We do do a lot of things in the spring during season. Actually, we do all of our stuff during spring, <laughs> which probably doesn't make sense because we're <laughs> traveling every weekend and we have practice every day. But we do wheelchair tennis, and it's surprising. What? Yeah, that is so a, cool. Yeah, no, there is a huge community in Michigan that plays wheelchair tennis. People with disabilities that can't really walk on their own, they play wheelchair tennis, which is it's it's astonishing to watch because we 
run and play tennis. <laughs> and they're using their hands to wheel the court through the court, and then they're also using those same exact hands to hit. And those dudes have guns. Those dudes have <laughs> biceps, Tyrannosaurus <laughs> flex, Abraham swole, like what, whatever. They are so strong because not even ment- not mentally but physically as well because they've been wheeling around. And it's great to see that people, even though every, the odds are stacked against, the, against them for playing a sport like tennis, they still go out there and do it because they love the game. But we do that once a week, every Wednesday at the indoor tennis facility. If anybody wants to volunteer, Wow. That's a great opportunity. We are willing to let anybody come in and volunteer because we come in a couple guys every week, help out with that. And we also have a Detroit Souls project we work on. I actually just took over this project from a senior that graduated last year. And what we do is we take shoes, worn shoes. They can have holes in them, whatever. We take shoes from people in the greater Lansing area, and we donate them to Detroit where people don't have shoes. It's crazy that people don't have shoes in the same state that we live in, but it's astonishing how fast those shoes are gone because <laughs> people show up to the shelter that we donate them to, which is the Tumaney Center, and they take them within a day. They're gone within a day. Last year we donated 698 pairs, I think. That's great. Don't quote me on that, but it was that's a lot of shoes if you think about it. But Now, guys, we used. have Steve Smith calling in, so so excited to welcome to him, actually. <laughs> we actually have TJ Duckett calling in. Wait, we have a caller. Hold on. <laughs> You're... You're here on the fact. Hello. Hello. Hi, who is this? This is uh, Jim Pignatero from Michigan State Athletics. Jim, we're waiting for you. That's awesome. So glad you could, get, you could call in. We're, we've been looking for you. It's so I'm great. sorry about that. Yeah, oh, you know what? Out, with all the power out, we're, we're, uh, we're, everything's a little delayed, I guess. Completely yeah. understand that. I know, look, I, I left three days ago, had to, you know, get here on a dog sled. You know, it was kind of kind of a struggle. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but we're so glad you could come on. And for, for all of you out there who do not know, Jim is the Director of Student Athlete Support Services, and he does a lot of what the athletes do philanthropically. So, Jim, do you mind sharing a little bit with us about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, my office is over in the Smith Academic Center and uh, attached to the Duffy Doherty Football Complex, and we serve uh, 850 student-athletes in 25 sports. And many people know of the academic work that we do, but uh, we also do uh, a lot of community outreach and civic engagement, which is one of our, our core values of the athletics department. And so we're in the, we have uh, several people that help coordinate uh, community outreach for uh, in the school districts and then in the, in the hospitals and then from just random uh, needs that are on campus, uh, whether, excuse me, whether they're on campus or in the community. And some of those things would be uh, serving some of the soup kitchens or any needs that are, that are out there that, that uh, come to our attention. Mm-hmm. How's it going, Jim? This is Harry. Um, hey, Harry. A lot of people perceive these like outreach events as photo ops, and they think the athletes are doing them just to look good. They take a couple pictures and leave. How do you shoot down that perception, and what do you think about that perception? Yeah, I think it's a normal uh, perception, particularly in high-profile sports, but mm-hmm. I also uh, think that we do a very good job of making sure that the student-athletes that are out in the community uh, are, are well-represented from a diverse population. So if we get a request... Uh, from a school or elementary school that would like, say, one Gary Harris to come read to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the stipulation would be that we would bring maybe a, a women's roller, a uh, baseball student-athlete, and Gary together so that we can expose the, the children to the uh, a variety of different sports. Yep, and I thank you for that because I'm on the <laughs> tennis team, and we obviously don't get as much shine as the basketball, football, hockey teams, but that's great. And how much do you think 
the coaches. We have guys like Tom Izzo, Mark D'Antonio, Tom Anastas, who are not only great coaches, but they're great people. How much do you think they impact the players giving back as well? Well, I think it's part of uh, the values that those guys, um, you know, want in their program and services being one of them. And I think, you know, it's one of those areas that doesn't get a lot of publicity, but if you don't do it, I think people notice. Um, it's, it's kind of has that inverse kind of effect. So, uh, when you have guys like uh, both Coach Izzo and Antonio that that allow their student athletes to do that at a high level and participate in the community, I think it does have a broad range uh, impact. But uh, you know, Harry, you know this. I mean, many of our, our outreach programs um, that involve the other sports uh, are, are vast, and we have more student athletes in our other sports uh, that actually go out in the community than our than our flagship programs. So um, we really try to create good balance, and we really try to make sure the community gets the taste and see. Uh, what all of our athletes have to offer. Yep, yep. Now, Jim, I want to ask you, no, who exactly chooses what organizations to donate to or what events to put on? Yeah, that's a good question. So each coach has the ability to um, have their own philanthropic interests. So, um, you know, like Coach Merchant has a few things in town that she likes to promote herself, and then if she's doing that, whether it's Ellie's Place or an organization like that, she'll have her team participate. In the Smith Center, we're responsible for really casting a net out there and having all the individual things that maybe are non-recurring that come into the athletics department. And so Angela Monte, who is our director of student athlete, uh, student athlete development, is in charge of kind of sifting through those and determining what things we can do. We do, we do have some really uh, strict uh, stipulations, like we have a 10-mile radius from campus, which we allow student-athletes to go out and outreach programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't miss class per NCAA rules. Uh, they can't be selling their likeness or doing anything that violates any of the rules uh, from that perspective. So sometimes the requests kind of eliminate themselves based on our policies, but many times uh, we, try to, we try to accommodate as much as we can. Yep. And I also have a, a kind of interesting question considering the times and with the whole NCAA under fire and everything. Do NCAA requirements, you, we all know that they have a lot of rules, whether they be arbitrary or not. Do they ever get in the way of outreach events or is that never a problem? Yeah, I think that's a good question, too. I, I think that um, the rules are in place to protect the student athlete from being overused, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the, the policies we have in place really allow us to help manage the student athlete's time in the best interest of themselves. It might be not in the best interest of what the community member wants, but for the most part, you know, um, you know, if you're, if you're in your sport 20 hours a week, another 20 with academics, I mean, you really don't have time to do anything more than, than, than that. So... Um, I think the rules are in place for the best interest of student-athletes, and I do think sometimes they are uh, potentially a little bit restrictive. But the bottom line is if a student-athlete wants to be in- involved and engaged in the community, they're, they're, no one's really going to let them not do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really – this is one area where I feel you, you can't lose. Yep. And just looking to the future, what what do you got up your sleeve? What do you guys have planned for the spring semester? Well, in the spring, uh, March's Reading Month is, is probably our busiest outreach program, which is probably 30 days or so uh, where we're out to many of the local uh, elementary schools with our student-athletes. And we'll have well over 100 athletes participate uh, in that activity. And so that's a big outreach event. Um, mm-hmm. Then uh, also there's an event at the end of the semester, which you may know about our academic gala, oh, yeah. uh, which is not so much an outreach event, but it's a way of us showcasing our student-athletes to the community. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we have that now in the Breslin Center, and a thousand people uh, get to watch our student-athletes be honored for their community service and academic achievement. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim, we want to thank you so much for all your time sharing your 
your thoughts on all of the philanthropic efforts happening here at Michigan State University. So thank you so much, and we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Well, thanks for having me. It's always great to, to showcase our student-athletes, and you guys have a happy holiday. Absolutely, and you too. Thanks. Okay, take, take care. Bye-bye. It's great getting that aspect um, from especially him, the director. And I think it's great getting that aspect of, you know, how those, how everything's chosen, you know, how the mm-hmm. events are put on. And, and put together. Exactly. exactly. The preparation that goes into it. I sit in through a lot of meetings where he talks about all the number crunching and stuff like that. Yeah. Times. He's got to coordinate times and stuff like that. It's not as easy as you would think. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it behind the scenes. Oh, Absolutely. And we have a special guest who snuck in studio here with us, actually. TJ Duckett, welcome to the What's PAG. What's up? What's up, Impact? <laughs> not much. Thank you so much for coming in, TJ. We did not expect that. No! We are yeah. completely thrown off guard, so this is awesome. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, TJ, you're a former MSU running back. You played back in 1999 to 2001. Yeah. And then you went to the NFL. Yeah. Played for the Atlanta Falcons. Washington Redskins, Detroit Lions, and the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and you're back yeah. in East Lansing now, making a huge difference in many people's lives. Yeah, I am. I love it. It feels great to be back. <laughs> We're so grateful to have you back. So thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, for our listeners, TJ is very, very philanthropic in the area and around the world, it seems like. Um, one of your biggest things is you've started the New World Flood. So explain yeah. a little bit of that to us. Uh, New World Flood. Flooding the world through giving and service. A single raindrop is the beginning of a flood. Uh, I, I am the rainmaker <laughs> of New World Flood. And uh, what we do is, I mean, it's very simple. We, we go to schools and we talk to kids about volunteering, about getting involved in the community. We have a program that's called the Flood Relief or Disaster Relief, Drought Relief. And that's where we go and we try to impact players that were or impact places that were hit by a disaster or cancers, a, a, a disaster in families, mm-hmm. different illnesses. We also train people how to be volunteers. And then we have a outreach in uh, Africa and Tanzania. So uh, all the things you mentioned, playing football, having the experience to make it to the NFL, all that was great, and it was phenomenal, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> but I realized that there's life after, and, and now it's a huge platform, and, and the way that you spend your platform and the way you do it, it really helps change lives. No, absolutely. And I know you touched on it a little bit. You said you know, you're helping like those like hurricane relief. Yeah. I know I was reading something back in like 2011. You were actually helping in Kalamazoo. You were like having people collect gift yeah. gifts for the Hurricane Sandy victims. Yeah, we uh, we actually we it was Kalamazoo here. It was all all over the uh, uh, Midwest, Mid- West Michigan, I should say. <laughs> um, but we ended up filling up about five fifty foot trailers wow. and sending stuff. Uh, and and again, I mean, the, the purpose behind that is a disaster hit, and we're all fellow Americans. They're all exactly. our people. So you don't have to be uh, there miles away. If, if we can put something together and it works. Let's try to help support over there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking <laughs> about this earlier with athletes that do have success. You had a phenomenal career. I remember watching you. I grew up in East Lansing, so watching you throughout your MSU career. I know you stopped at the Atlanta Falcons and had a great career over there. Yeah, that was fun. Do you ever find it tough to tell kids who are so invested in sports to think about the academic side? You can have both, and they can sit there and say, well, you made it. Yeah. Is that tough for you to do ever? Um, no, it's not. I mean, actually, when I got done playing, 
I went through a depression for about two years. Really? Trying to figure out, I mean, I, I put 29 years of my life yeah, that's true. into one thing. And how many people can say that they reached their childhood dream, mm -hmm. which was to be an NFL player? Most people are like, okay, yeah, what's your second dream? What's next? Yeah. Where are you going to work? No, I actually achieved my dream. I reached it. And then at 29, I'm done. It's like, okay, now what do I do in life? What's what? life about? Yeah. And so when you go and you, you share information about academics, about life after, about volunteering, about being an entrepreneur, with, with student athletes especially, it's, it's real. Because, I mean... Yeah, I, I did everything these guys are doing, these girls are doing. But there's there's going to be something after. And if you can start to prepare your mind and prepare your skills for what happens next, I mean, that that's ultimately the greatest battle. Yeah, yeah. And in your experiences throughout your trials and tribulations, what is the most glaring to need in today's communities? And how do we... How do we go about, what do we do to address that? Man, there's so many. I'm going to tell <laughs> yeah, you what. No, there are. The most glaring need is love. Yeah. Bottom line. It's just love. love. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what we need. Love for your neighbor. Love for yourself. We need to figure out how to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I, you can say there's hunger issues. You can say right now with the ice storm, there's power you need. Yes. <laughs> you can say all these things. But ultimately, it's just love love and forgiveness and you start there then your eyes and your mind will be open to what the need around you is and what you can actually do we all can't lift buildings but we can maybe call a couple friends yeah. and we all can do it together yeah, exactly. but you have to have some type of love for it so love love your neighbor yeah. it's easy yes, it's easy right yeah, yeah for sure and you have this such infectious generous personality and like oh it's so great to see that and I spoke to several people who actually know you personally, and they were just saying that you would give everything to help another person in need. And just where did you get this generous spirit? Because um, you were I saying mean, after the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to give it to my parents, first of all, because at the end of the day, we are a product of our, our parents. Mm -hmm. we, no matter how far you stray from what they said or <laughs> you don't believe what they said, at the end of the day, you'll sit there and you'll be like, what did, what did my mom say? What did my dad say? <laughs> uh, so I'll say that's where it started. And then to, to build... I guess I could say like this. My parents started it, and that's who, where my foundation was. Mm -hmm. But then to look at religious, spiritual figures in the world, and that helped believe. Usually it's the opposite. Usually your parents reinforce what the, the, yeah. the, the spiritual and religious... Actually, they actually reaffirmed what my parents said. Yeah. Um, so it's having that happen and then just looking at the world as a whole. And, and, and a, in a football locker room, you have, you have maybe 55 to 80 guys on your team. You have 11 on offense, 11 on defense. You all live in different places, have different backgrounds. You all have different habits but you have to figure out how to come together on one play to get a first down <laughs> <There you laughs> and, and so everything has to be out the window so to go into society and figure out okay we are different races religious beliefs different gender all these things how can we come together to figure out one thing and i saw it as a struggle and i saw it as a battle and that was kind of like my motivate I, I got we got to figure out how to make this happen so yeah. i still i still that's my path still it's wonderful yep and through let's 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 take this another step yeah. through your athletic achievements your charitable efforts efforts <laughs> what has been the biggest what event singular event has had the biggest impact on you as a person as a human being as a football player yeah. as a student whatever you define yourself as what what I'm, singular event impacted you I'm the gonna most? tell you the single my single thing was after I got done playing football mm -hmm. I went through a depression yes like you said yeah. I went on a 40-day fast of just water 
Wow. 40 days, 40 nights How? of water. I think about food all the time. <laughs> and, and that that was that was like my that was my second my defining moment as a man. Yeah. Um that was I mean, I had everything money could buy. I had everything you could possibly want. People knew who I, I had everything you could want, but I didn't have a sense of who I was. Exactly. So, I mean, again, doing a lot of spiritual research, I deprived myself of the things of this world and yeah, yeah. <laughs> tried to create who I was and you realize all that other stuff is just it's yeah it's just yeah. mirrors and, and smoke and all the above you know and I mean yeah no doubt no doubt that's that's crazy and what on that 40 day fast that's unbelievable yeah it was me. crazy that's that's mental discipline right there to it's the everything max. man it's mentally yeah. it's spiritually it's emotionally I mean, it, it, it really, I mean, it, it was tough. Yeah, um, for sure. Lost a lot of, I mean, put it this way. It took me 29 years to build the NFL body. It took me 40, <laughs> 40 days, days to lose like, yeah. immortal. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know that's what I'm awesome. saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, and and, and um, a lot of people didn't recognize me. <laughs> so I got to feel how I was really being treated, too. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, mm-hmm. They didn't see this TJ football player. Exactly. They saw a person, and at, I go by Todd now instead of TJ. Nice. Because it's a, it's 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 I'm it's a new I'm a new person. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. And did you have that forty days lined up, or did you um, did you just say I've realized it, and then you started eating at that moment, or what? It uh, what it, was that? it kind it was a journey, man. It yeah. Was, it was really. I mean, I did a lot of like I said, looking at. I mean, I would study great running backs, Walter Payton, Jerome Bettis, mm-hmm. and study what mm-hmm. they do. What do they do? How do they train? And so, going into the next life, I had to believe that I was more. So I studied great human beings, Jesus, okay, Muhammad, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Moses. Yeah. I started looking. What did they do? And it was yeah. like, man, they, these guys, they get forty days fast. That's what it's about. Yeah, I mean, because sure. to be honest, you looked at some of the workouts like Walter Payton did. I mean, like that'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, for myself. How was I willing to put my body through something like that mm-hmm. for a game, but I wasn't willing to do it for humanity? Exactly, and not only humanity, but yourself. For myself, your I mean, because yeah. I mean, and and with football, football, even though you have a passion to play, ultimately other people enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, yep. you you got to love what you're doing, but at the end of the day, there's eighty to hundred thousand people mm-hmm. who are just as excited because you had a good play. Yeah, yeah. So now take that out. And now, can you get that many people excited to help volunteer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you do something that's impactful, that inspires in a giving, in a loving manner? Can you do that? Yeah. And that was the question. I had to figure the answer. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you find it tough, I guess, to change yourself like that, to kind of turn, turn beliefs that have set in for 29 years and habits like you talked about in the locker room, habits, this your guy lifestyle. got some good questions over here. He, he's pretty awesome. I get to work with him every week, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that seems so tough it to was. me. Just it completely was. changing the way man. you think, the way you believe, your your mindset. It, 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 it was because I was becoming a new person, mm-hmm. and I wasn't hanging out with my same friends. People exactly. I've known forever, yeah. and it's like, man, well, I don't call you anymore. Yeah, because, I mean, you hang out with people you have in co- things yeah. in common with, and you probably don't share those no, same I mean, things it, in common gets, with it, it was lonely. I mean, it mm-hmm. is lonely. It gets lonely because it's not the norm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not what society, society says you should go do this. Yeah, society is completely... You, you, start to, sense, yeah. you start to create your own path and when you're creating your own path, you 
doing things that you just maybe have never done. But in the mm-hmm. in the same time, you start to link up with other people who are doing similar things, who are on that same journey. And then you look to your left and right, like, man, we like the same. Yeah. Uh, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. your name? I yeah, mean, for sure. I mean, and, and, and it happens. And you can't be scared to do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I do have a question. I got to ask. Yeah. You got the beard going on. No, and I know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but I know back in, two, you started it in 2005, but you ended up actually growing out your beard for the same Baldrick's Children's yeah. Cancer Foundation. Yeah. And do you do that? Because I know, like, you grow it out the whole season and then yeah. you shave it off at the end. I still do it. Okay. But, but see, I, I do it for, I do it now different. Before I would do it. And I would do it throughout from training camp to the, to March, whatever St. Baldrick's Day was, and the money would go to help the cancer research for the organization. Mm-hmm. Now I do it with like el- like middle school, high school, and elementary students, <laughs> and I do it for the profit to go to the Olin Project. So taking it from a national charity and bringing something that's home, uh, the Olin Project, they take pictures of men, women, and children going through chemo. Uh, my mother passed from cancer in 2000, so cancer's really affected my life. So yep. to be able to have an organization that takes someone who is, is going through a tough time in their life and make them feel good for a moment and capture that moment, and then, I mean, if the person survived, it's a memory of, of a rough time. If they pass, it's a keepsake. Yep. Um, so that's what I do now. It's a challenge. It's called the Jacqueline, Bar- Jacqueline Barum Challenge. Can I get my mother's mind uh, <laughs> in the name right? Hey, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, now, and we've done it uh, probably going on the fifth year now Great. here. And it's a challenge to get high school, junior high, elementary students, different schools to partner up. And it's an easy point system. And whatever school wins and has the most kids volunteer, then at the end we do the cut there. We have a party awesome. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big deal. I mean, high school and that, that age is such a time that kids rely on self-image mm-hmm. and they have someone at that age give up their self-image for like two or three months powerful absolutely yeah. and i know you kind of mentioned your mom a little bit i know you have a tattoo of her right yeah yeah yep. Boom. there you Tied go on the gun Boom. Signature, actually. i know crazy. yeah it was off of a library card i found <laughs> really <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that's yeah. so cool yeah it's kind of sweet i'll show it to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was this after now i do want to ask though how has you know, her life, like, inspired you, obviously, to move forward with all of this philanthropic yeah. efforts that you're already doing. Yeah, she, I'm huge. I mean, like yeah. I said earlier, that's that's the, the core. I mean, the foundation, they really bring you in this world. And, um, I mean, I just, I, I got married a little while ago. What's up, Robin? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, we just had our first child. Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah, how's yeah. the blessing, right. especially? Yeah. Cassius, what's up, little homie? Cassius. <laughs> I'm guessing that's Cassius, after Muhammad Ali? Cassius King. Yeah, that's nice. his, that's oh his my name. Oh, my gosh. Cassius that's, King. That's cool. After Muhammad Ali, yep. Cassius Clay, yep. and uh, Martin Luther King. Amazing. Um, but now I'm seeing this little light. And he's three months yesterday. Happy birthday, happy three months, yeah. homie. <laughs> but but to see that and to know the importance of being a parent and what's that mean and and to be able to shape a child when they do leave when, whenever the parent does pass because you never know mm-hmm. whenever that happens to be able to shape that child and let them know that they can go off and be a responsible adult. I mean, I just I can only imagine what my mom was doing with yeah. me yeah. <laughs> to be like, man, you know, I'm gonna get you right enough that when you're 18, I can leave the world and you can enter this crazy, crazy stuff mm-hmm. and then come out of it all right. So, I mean, it, it was definitely um, that's what I think about daily. And the fact that I got her signature on me in a place that kind of hurt, I figured, you know, <laughs> yeah. she signed yeah, her signature on me. <laughs> make Sign it me worth up, it. Coach. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you talk so much about your mom, but how long did it take you to 
because I had I personally my mom got Alzheimer's when she was very young. She was about yeah. 50, and she developed Alzheimer's, and it was a tough time for me. It was in high school. You talk about self-image. Yeah. A lot of things are going through a high schooler's mind, and that was just another thing on my plate. But you were, your mom died when you were in college? Oh, my freshman year. Your Jay, freshman my year. March of my freshman so, year. So how long did it take you to really come to terms with that being an athlete? I know you're always looking to the next game. What's yeah. next? How, like, to sit back and reflect, that's, reflect, that's you know, not in um, an, an athlete's DNA. How, how long did it take you? <laughs> not at all. You're it looking would, uh, to the next game. To be honest with you, I it was my fuel when I played. Yeah, yeah. So I would I would really block it out in the mm-hmm. off season mm-hmm. and wouldn't even think about it. It was what it was. But come game day, come training time, mm-hmm. I, that's, it starts to that's creep into my head. head and it's yep. like, okay, this is where that you can hide that rage and, yeah. and that way it, I had a place to to let it Channel out. Channel it positively but, rather than. But yeah. when I got done playing and no longer having the game mm-hmm. as my release. That's when I kind of went into a dark place and I had to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, asking myself a lot of stuff. questions, a lot of praying, a lot of meditating. Mm-hmm. And then once I dealt with it, I mean, I realized we all are going to be here for a little while and mm-hmm. our time is going to be gone. So what type of impact can you have on a person mm-hmm. while you're here? And she impacted me so tremendously in 18 years. But still, the stuff that I do to this day is because of what she put into me. So she's still impacting people to this mm-hmm. day, to these to everything I do. Exactly. And, and so it's it's something that you never leaves you. And, and when the time's up, hopefully my son Cassius will be impacting <laughs> yeah, people's yeah. lives. And if yeah. so, he'll be having little me and her, him and <laughs> little of his grandma he never met. But it'll yeah. be all, all the same. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. awesome to hear. And I do want to ask, because I know this was you know pretty recent just for thanksgiving but you ended up donating 250 turkey dinners to yes, we are. kalamazoo families who needed yes. it the most we are um, actually it was called the high five turkey drive okay and it was myself along with a, a new world flood and a couple other organizations we helped raise enough funds for 1300 turkeys we gave oh. 250 away here in lansing at, at, at an event we gave another 250 away and wow. uh kalamazoo we gave some to some organizations here in town, so we were able to spread the love. And, and it was this this it was a community that did this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just money out of my pocket saying let's do. It, it was m- people all over the community giving five dollars, giving ten, giving twenty, all of us together. And that's the whole our new world flood, a single raindrop. It was each individual person providing their own raindrop, just that one. And over time, that raindrop became a flood, which became a flood of Thanksgiving turkeys, mm-hmm. which provided meals. <laughs> and and see, the thing that that's so inspiring to me is that they were providing meals, but ultimately Thanksgiving is about a memory. Yep. I mean, it's it's the person cooking the food, it's watching the game, it's exactly. laying it's on the, the couch full. <laughs> I mean, together. it's exactly. family come. So, yep. so not only do they just provide the meal, they provide a memory for a family that normally wouldn't have had this memory, wouldn't have had this chance. Yep, yep. And I got to ask about the New World Flood. Where did you come up with that name? Because, yeah. like, who, if it was you, if it was your friend, you need to pay that man some money because it's the perfect name. It makes so much sense. Really? Like, when yeah. did you come up with that it, and well, how? Actually, the way I look at it, it's a new world. It's me. It went from the old world mm-hmm. of football, of that lifestyle, yeah. to a new world, a new me. This is the new giving, mm-hmm. serving, di- different yeah, aspects. Yeah, so that's yeah. where that comes from. And the flood really comes from a few things. I mean, again, was was going through a lot of the, the, the research and of my the spiritual research, 
and after the, after a flood, things are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so one person volunteering after giving, I mean, that's one thing that mm-hmm. creates a flood. Yeah. And after the flood comes, it's it, you've impacted someone completely different. You've impacted mm-hmm. the world different. Mm-hmm. You've moved out trash and you've stored the ground for new growth. Yeah. So if, if people can come together and volunteer and give and serve, now you're creating that flood. When you leave, hopefully you've inspired someone You've helped someone's life. You've motivated. So the flood comes, washes away, and creates a new. Yeah, for sure. New for world sure. flood. Flood in the world for giving us earth. Yeah, it happened with you personally. And <laughs> so I think incredible. It would be awesome if that happened to this world. We're so focused on competition. Oh it will. So focused on one, everything. One drop at a time, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. all snow is this frozen range. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> These broken trees, no, man. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I read actually a great quote that you had said to somebody, and it was 15 minutes or half an hour can really change a person life yeah and it like you said like one drop at a time every little step we make gets us somewhere else and yep. like you said you know with the new world flood you're teaching these kids to go out into not only their schools their towns their cities and eventually the world to yep. change lives that's it it's amazing and and, and one of the things that kind of helped came up come up with this was um there's this game i played in at michigan state it was against michigan and I caught the final uh-huh. pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Of course. I remember, I remember that. that. I remember but that. But the thing yes. is, so many people remember one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One mm-hmm. second. Imagine the impact that one second had. Yep. I mean, people were excited. People were pissed off. Hopefully they weren't rioting, <laughs> for, right? For, for one, exactly. <laughs> but for one second. And I, look, I think all the games that I played in, add all those minutes and hours up, mm-hmm. there's one second that... A lot defined. of people will remember. Exactly. And so that one minute of that one second of the football, now translate that one second into real life. So. Of course. Now, I do have to ask, Rose Bowl predictions. What? Do I got to even say? There's only one way I win. <laughs> yes, sir. Do they like to hear? Have me singing up here. Yep. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. and So excited. Yeah, we're looking pretty good, and we're playing tough. Oh, love it. Well, we're actually wrapping up here Beautiful. on the impact. Thank you so Thank so you much all. for coming in. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so incredible. Just Merry it's really Happy yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I know um, here at Impact Sports, we're really striving to give back to the community as well. So, in the spirit of Christmas, um, Impact Sports will be making a donation to the Boys and Girls Club nice. of Lansing. Yeah, so, super place. excited to share beautiful that. Place. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. especially with the whole sports, we like. I don't yeah. know. We like promoting that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, we're so happy you could come in, just definitely to share your thoughts on. Thank you, you know, for having me. Y'all course. have a great, great holiday. Happy New Year. Go yes. green. Yep. <laughs> Kawhi. Yep. <laughs> but yes, you're listening to The Pact. And um, remember, you can always call in at 432-3893. We're so happy you guys could tune in to us today. So grateful. Todd, thank you again for coming thank in. You. I can't stress that enough. And just, uh, yeah. And so just from all of us here at Impact Sports, we want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully you're surrounded by happiness, love, laughter, family, friends, all of the above. So We'll always be here every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m., so definitely tune in. But now on to some music. (laughs) 